Hello, welcome to The Wire Podcast. I am Ryan McCrary, and today I am going to be talking about an incredible week one that we had in college football. This is one of the most insane week ones that I I remember seeing in college football. It was incredible. We had a ton of good games. I'm going to be recapping everything that happened in week zero and week one. I'm going to be going through all the, top, all the scores of the games, which included top 25 teams. And usually I would only do like a deep dive into like about three games but there were so many good matchups this this week and so many games that had crazy endings that I'm going to be breaking down about eight games in this episode I don't know I don't know how long this is going to be but I'm excited to get back into recording podcast and talking about college football um, so let's go ahead and get into it and dive into week zero now there were no games that included top 25 teams in week zero but there was one game that I want to talk about a little bit I'm not going to go too deep into it, but I want to talk about the Nebraska-Northwestern game. Um, Nebraska, or Northwestern ended up upsetting Nebraska, winning 31-28. Nebraska was up by 11 points in the first half and still lost. This is bad news for their head coach, Scott Frost, who I think is likely going to be fired, whether that's during the season or after the season. He's going to be fired at some point, I, I think. If there was one coach, I would bet on being fired first. It's Scott Frost. He's been on the hot seat for about a year now, and I think things are heating up this year. Um, and if he doesn't turn it around, he may be getting fired soon. Now let's go ahead and move on to week one, where we had a ton of good games. Like this weekend, there were so many great games. I had so much, I had so much fun watching football this weekend. There were so many good matchups. And I'm going to start out by talking about West Virginia Pittsburgh, which was played on Thursday night. So West Virginia, um, or sorry, Pittsburgh ended up winning this game 38-31, to and this one ended up coming down to the final minutes. Um, this was a great quarterback matchup. We had JT Daniels facing off against Keaton Slovis. The Panthers actually tied the game on a 24-yard touchdown pass late in the game with around four minutes left in the fourth quarter. And then four plays later, JT Daniels threw a pass to a wide-open receiver, and, and the ball hit his receiver in the hands like this. Um, but the ball bounced off his hands. Pittsburgh ended up intercepting the pass and returning it for a touchdown. But West Virginia, they, they had one last opportunity to tie the game. They drove down the field, and Daniels made a great throw on a deep pass to his, to his receiver on fourth down. And his receiver made what looked like a crazy diving catch. Um, however, a replay review show, showed that the ball hit the ground. This ended the game. This was an excellent game. A lot of fun. I mean, it came down to a, a replay review. Um, and, and that replay review ended up deciding the game. Now let's move on and talk about Notre Dame, Ohio State. This was probably the game of the weekend um, in terms of like uh, heading into it. Obviously, I think there were some better games, but this was the biggest matchup. And we, we had number two, Ohio State, going up against number five, Notre Dame. And honestly, I thought Ohio State was going to win this game pretty easily. I thought it might be a high-scoring affair. I know the over-under was 59 points. And this game was a lot different than, than what was anticipated. It was a defensive battle rather than an offensive shootout, which is what I was expecting. Um, so Notre Dame, they actually played very well in the first half, um, and they led 10-7 at halftime. Their new starting quarterback, Tyler Buckner, started strong. 
completing his first eight passes, but he ended up struggling for the rest of the game as he finished two of ten passing, and although Notre Dame had a really good first half, they could not keep the Buckeyes' at offense at bay for four quarters, and their offense simply was not good enough um, to get to get it done. They ended up losing 21-10. to 10. Um, They scored just 10 points and failed to get on the scoreboard in the second half, and Ohio State wasn't dominant, but they were really good on the ground in the second half. And Notre Dame, like, you got to be better than that. You can't you can't beat Ohio State by scoring just 10 points and not scoring in the second half. That is not going to get it done against the Buckeyes. But Ohio State, they never really, wow, voice crack. They never really got it going offensively. Um, and, and a big reason why is because Jackson, Smith, and Jigba got hurt early. Um, and his absence hurt the Buckeyes' offense. But their run game was really good. Um, and, and they kept it moving in the second half, scoring 14 points. And that was enough get, to get it done at home. Um, as I said earlier, they won 21-10. to 10. Their offense was better in the, in the second half. Let me pull up the box score here. Um, I got it pulled up. Do I not have it pulled up? I know I have it pulled up. Am I stupid? I must be stupid. Let me pull up the box score for this game. So their running backs played really well. Um, talking about Ohio State, uh, they had two running backs who played extremely well here. Um, and that was Travion Henderson and uh, Mayan Williams. So Travion Henderson had 15 carries for 91 yards, zero touchdowns. Mayan Williams had 14 carries for 84 yards and a touchdown. Uh, both of those guys played extremely well. Uh, Amika Egbuka had nine catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he was their best receiver in this game, or their most productive receiver in this game. And C.J. Stroud was was pretty good, considering that his best target was out for most of the game. He completed 24 of 34 passes for 223 yards and two touchdowns. And then they and then the Buckeyes had, um, I believe it's linebacker uh, Tommy Eichenberg who was incredible in this game, recording two sacks and three tackles for a loss. Ohio State's defense was really, really good in this game, and he was a big reason why. Um, obviously, they held, the, they held Notre Dame to 10 points, which was really impressive, and their defense was excellent in the second half and played a big part in, in Ohio State winning this game, despite their offense not playing particularly well. Now let's move on and talk about Honestly, my favorite game of the week, which was North Carolina App State, this was a crazy, a crazy game, and one of the craziest games I've ever seen. So there were 124 total points scored in this game, 62 points scored in the fourth quarter uh, from both teams combined. App State scored 40 points in the fourth quarter and still lost. That is incredible. That is insane. At the end of this game, App State scored a touchdown and went for two to end the game. Like, they scored a touchdown and went for two to win. Um, but Chase Bryce overthrew his running back, who was wide open. So, the game was basically over. Or so we thought. They ended up, App State ended up kicking an onside kick. Um, and North Carolina returned it for a touchdown to go up eight points. What they should have done is lay on the ball and go down, to, and that would have ended the game immediately. However, they returned the, the onside kick for, for a touchdown, which gave App State an opportunity to score. 
and they did. They scored in a few plays. Uh, they returned the, the ensuing kickoff to the 50-yard line and scored a touchdown a few plays later. Unfortunately, they failed to convert on the two-point conversion, um, but this was still an incredible game, and I'm going to look at the box score because this was an incredible game. Drake May, uh, who was, a, I believe, a registered freshman quarterback for North Carolina, Played really well, uh, completed 24 of 35 passes for 352 passing yards and four touchdowns. Also had zero interceptions, and he was really productive as a rusher. He had 12 carries for 76 yards and a rushing touchdown. Um, and he had a, and for this game, he had a QBR of 94.3, which is excellent. And I, I got to talk about Drake May a little bit. Drake May has been excellent through two games or through two weeks. Um, so far, he has recorded 646 passing yards. He's completed 73.6% of his passes. He has nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, and he's been extremely productive as a rusher. Um, he has 16 carries for 131 yards and a touchdown. He's been incredible, and, and watching him, I've been really impressed with his arm strength, his accuracy, his size, his mobility. I think he might be the chosen one. Like, I think he might be a guy um, we're going to see turn into a, a, a first-round pick in a few years. I like Drake May. I like his physical tools. I like how good he's been. At, <clears throat> excuse me. I like how good he's been at just 19 years old. He's been really good, and I've been super impressed with his game so far. And I can't wait to see him play um, and to see how he plays against tougher competition as the season moves on. Uh, but yeah, I've been really impressed with his game. I also want to talk about Chase Bryce, who's been who was incredible in this game. He completed 25 of 36 passes for 361 yards, six touchdowns, and one interception. He was really, really good as a passer. Not quite as good as Drake May, as he only had a QBR of 75.4, but he was really productive in this game. Um, and then Nate, Nate Noel, their running back, had 14 carries for 116 yards and two touchdowns. He was incredible. North Carolina's defense really struggled to tackle in this game. Their tackling was very sloppy. I um, mean, that's why Nate Noel had 116 rushing yards. Um, for North Carolina, receiver Kobe Paysauer had eight catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. He was really good. Um, J.J. Jones had four catches for 69 yards. Nice. And a touchdown. He was really good. And I want to see, were there any really good uh, defensive performances in this game? There was for App State, as Nick Hampton had four solo tackles, two and a half sacks, and two and a half tackles for loss. Um, he also had one quarterback hurry. And let's see, did they have any, any interceptions? They did not. And then they didn't really have any passes defended. But that's all I, all, all I have to say about this game. This was incredible. Just so many points scored. Such a high-scoring affair. This was incredible. All right, now let's talk about Utah versus Florida. And for, although Florida was unranked heading into this matchup, this was projected to be a tight game, and it was. Florida actually led at halftime 14-3, but Utah took the lead going into the fourth corner as they were ahead 19-14. Um, Florida actually failed to score in the third quarter. However, uh, the Gators outscored Utah 15-7, 
in the final quarter, and they ended up winning this game. Let me actually look at the final score. This was they ended up winning twenty nine to twenty six. And this was a crazy game in the final two minutes. Anthony Richardson scored a two-yard rushing touchdown in the final two minutes to go ahead 29-26. And then Utah drove down the field and got inside the 10-yard line in the final minute. But and they were base at this point they were basically guaranteed to at least go to overtime. They had a chip shot field goal. Um, they had a chance to score to, to win. But Cameron Rising made a devastating mistake, throwing the ball into double coverage, and that pass was intercepted, uh, securing the victory for the Florida Gators, and this was a huge win for Florida. Going into this game, I was interested in seeing how Anthony Richardson would play in his first game as the full-time starter, and he was incredible, running for 106 yards and three touchdowns. He had a QBR of 94.8, wasn't crazy productive as a passer. He completed 17 of 74, sorry, wow, 17 of 24 passes for 168 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, but his rushing ability and his rushing productivity was incredible in this game and was on full display. Cameron Rising was pretty good too. He completed 22 of 32 passes for 216 yards, one touchdown, and one pick. And he was super productive as a rusher. He had seven seven carries for 91 yards and zero touchdowns. Um, he played pretty well. Um, Tavion Thomas, Utah's running back, was really good. He had 23 carries for 115 yards and one touchdown. And other than Anthony Richardson, we saw Montreal Johnson Jr. play pretty well. He had 12 carries for 75 yards and one touchdown. And then for uh, Utah, receiver Brant Kuth had 9 catches for 105 yards and one touchdown. He was really good. Um, and then defensively, uh, I'm not seeing uh, too many great performances, but Ventrell Miller had uh, 3 tackles. Um, a half of a tackle for loss, and then uh, and then a pass deflection and a QB hurry. He was all over the all over the field defensively, and then Brenton Cox Jr. He had three solo tackles, uh, 0.5 tackles for loss, and a QB hurry. And then the guy who ended the game with the interception was Amari Bernie. He's the guy that came up with the big interception at the end of the game. Huge huge play for him. And a huge game for the Florida Gators. Big upset for them. And I think they're probably going to be ranked heading into next week. Alright, now let's talk about NC State versus East Carolina. This was a crazy game. Um, I was keeping up with it. NC State was up by 14 points in the third quarter. But ECU came storming back in the fourth quarter. Um, ECU scored a touchdown late, which uh, should have tied the game. But they missed the extra point. And North Carolina, they sh- at this point, they should have been able they should have been able to run the clock out. But they, th- I believe, they threw an interception. And that's what I remember. I looked at a recap for this game, and I couldn't see how um, how how ECU got the ball back. But I believe NC State threw an interception, giving ECU a chance to win. Um, but for some reason, the Pirates elected to play for a field goal, um, and they missed a 41-yard field goal, which would have ended the game and, and, and secured the victory for them. But they missed it, and NC, NC, and, wow, and NC State ended up winning this game 21-20. to 
NC State was terrible in this game. They turned the ball over twice, and they failed to score on two goal line trips late in the second half. NC State should have won this game by multiple scores. They should have dominated East Carolina, but they didn't and ended up winning by just one point. Um, they did not look good at all. I was not impressed by NC State whatsoever. I was impressed by East Carolina's defense. I thought their defense was excellent, especially on the goal line. And I was impressed by their offense. But they couldn't come away with the victory. Um, and special teams was the reason why. But this was a really crazy game with an incredible ending. Alright, let's end this podcast talking about last night's game. I'm recording this on a Monday. This should go out Monday. Last night, Florida State played LSU in the Superdome in Louisiana. And this was a crazy game with a remarkable ending. Just like every game this week, like this game (laughs) had a wild ending. Uh, This was a close, low-scoring game for most of the contest. But Florida State, and Florida State had a 14-point lead with around 10 minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. LSU scored a touchdown with 4 minutes and 7 seconds remaining in the game. And then this is when madness happened. So they forced FSU to punt. And this gave them a chance to tie the game. However, they muffed the punt and gave FSU the ball inside the 10-yard line. This should have ended the game, but for whatever reason, Florida State fumbled the ball, and LSU recovered the ball on their one-yard line. So they had to go 99 yards to score to tie the game, and that's what they did. The Tigers drove down the field, got into the red zone on a crazy play, and I've got to focus on this play. So, Jaden Daniels threw the ball to, I believe, his tight end on the sideline, and his tight end got out of bounds with one second left. Then the Tigers lined up for the next play. Florida State caught a timeout, but the refs ended up going to the replay review, reviewing the final play where the tight end got out of bounds. And it turns out that the tight end did not get out of bounds. He was down inbounds with one second left. And I thought that this meant that the game was over, that the clock would expire because there was less than three seconds left on the clock. LSU didn't have a timeout. And because there was less than three seconds left, they shouldn't have had time to spike the ball and run a play. And that's what the rule book says. However, for whatever reason, they were given an untimed down. Like, they were given a free play with one second left, and they ended up scoring. And the ma- But the madness wasn't over here. After the wild decision by the refs, LSU scores as time expires, but the PAT gets blocked, and Florida State wins the game. This was freaking crazy. This was a wild ending. A blocked, a blocked PAT wins the game for Florida State. Wild ending. Um, and what a crazy fourth quarter here. This game was actually kind of boring. I was watching it with some friends. And it was kind of not enjoyable whatsoever. But the final minutes of this game were just incredible. And I got to give a shout out to both of these quarterbacks in this game. Jordan Travis and Jaden Daniels played pretty well. Jordan Travis completed 20 of 32 passes for 260 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. And then Jaden Daniels, he completed 26 of 35 passes 
for 209 yards, two touchdowns, and zero passes. And then Daniels added on 16 carries for 114 yards, zero touchdowns for a QBR of 84.3. Jordan Travis had a QBR of 86.1. And in Florida State, one of the receivers, Ontario Wilson, played out of his mind. Had seven catches for 102 yards and two touchdowns. Um, no receiver really played super well for LSU. Um, and no running back really played that well for Florida State. Um, looking at the defense, for Florida State, um, Jared Verse played out of his mind. He had two solo tackles, two sacks, two and a half tackles for loss. He was excellent in this game. Um, and then for LSU, BJ Ojolari had five solo tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss. Um, and I'm trying to see were there any other big uh, games or big performances. Akeem Dent had two passes defended along with four solo tackles. And then for LSU, Makai Garner had five solo tackles and two passes defended. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it for this game. Uh, had a wild ending. Had um, some really good performances from the two quarterbacks, Jordan Travis and James Daniels. I'm thinking, do I want to talk about anything else? I guess I should mention. Um, also, I need to go through all the scores. I meant to do that before I went through and did the deep dives. So let me go ahead and do that real quick. And then we'll end this podcast. So here are the scores, including top 25 teams for week one. Um, on Thursday night, we had Central Michigan going up against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State won 58-44. And then on um, later that night, I talked about this game. Pittsburgh beat West Virginia 38-31. Then Wake Forest beat VMI 44-10. Then on Friday, Michigan State beat West- Western Michigan 35-13 at home. And then on Saturday, Alabama beat Utah State 55-0. Georgia beat Oregon 49-3. I didn't want to do a deep dive on this game because it wasn't interesting at all. But Georgia's offense was incredible in this game. Um, really impressive in my opinion. And their defense was, was incredible. Bo Nix really struggled in this game. He threw two interceptions in the first half. And their offense could never get anything going. Um, this was a dominant performance from the Bulldogs as they won 49-3. Then Ohio State beat Notre Dame 21-10. I talked about that game. Texas A&M beat Sam Houston at home 31-0. Florida beat Utah 29-26. Michigan beat Colorado State 51-7. Oklahoma beat UTEP 45-13. Baylor beat Albany 69-10. Nice. Uh, NC State beat East Carolina 21-20. USC beat Rice 66-14. Miami beat Bethune-Cookman 70-13. Wisconsin beat Illinois State 38-0. Arkansas beat Cincinnati 31-24. Kentucky beat Miami of Ohio 37-13. Ole Miss beat Troy 28-10. Houston barely beat UTSA 37-35. And BYU beat South Florida 15-21. So, that's everything that happened in week zero and week one of the college football season. This was a crazy week. I had a lot of fun. I hope y'all had fun watching all the games, too. I hope y'all enjoyed—wow. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Um, If you did, please leave a review. I would really appreciate that. 
And if you want to see, if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Ryan McCrary. That's the R Y A N M C C R A R Y. If you want to check out more content from me, you can check out my website at thewiresports.com. You can check out my YouTube channel at The Wire. Um, you can check out my TikTok at v.wire.sports. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed this, and I will see you all next time. Peace.